back, kings and queens, to another chapter of Said Said. As always, if it's your first time tuning in, thank you for watching. I hope that you stay connected and enjoy today's message. If you're watching this on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, be sure to like, subscribe, and turn on your notifications so that you can stay connected with the latest chapter. If you're watching this chapter on YouTube, leave any comments, questions, or feedback in the comment section. And if you're watching this on Spotify, please leave your response in the Q&A section and participate in the poll. Before we get into today's message, let us pray. So dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, this show. We thank you, God, for uh, working through us, for carrying us through uh, the week since the last time, uh, for the past two weeks since the last time we uh, heard from you in this and the, through this message. Father, I just ask that anybody that's listening right now uh, feels your presence and that they feel uh, enlightened and they also feel lighter as they listen each minute, each second that they listen to the show, that they feel their worries or troubles going away and that they're laid at your feet and that you're taking care of the things that are going on in their lives. And I just pray for protection in their life, Father. Uh, anything from healing into uh, anything that they need as far as sickness goes, uh, any mental issues, anything that is troubling them in their in their life, God, that you take reign and we surrender to you and that uh, it's, it's all in your control and we're in your hands. So we thank you, Father, for this this show. Uh, just protect our ears, allow our spiritual eyes and ears to be open, and just work through us, um, work through us, God, to, for this show. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. <clears throat> so I want to talk to you today about the good soil. This chapter is part four of a four-part series. You can watch the plot for this message in chapter twenty-seven, entitled. Which soil is it? If you would like to open up your Bible up to Mark chapter 4, starting with verse 8. So the Lord says, Still other seeds fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, and some 100 times. If we read down a little further, Jesus says in verse 20, Seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, and some 100 times what was sown. So, in Mark chapter 4, on verse 8, Jesus is explaining to you, He's, he's given the parable of what it is. Later on down in the verse, in verse 20, he's explaining further into it. Although it may sound the same, he's explaining further into what that, what that means. And he's saying that the good soil hears the word, accepts it. So you hear the word, you hear the word of God, you hear what Jesus is trying to tell you, you hear what he's saying, you accept it, and then you produce a crop. You're producing a crop, meaning that you're putting it into practice. Either what you heard uh, when you... If you went to church or what you read in your daily reading or if you heard it in a devotional or if you heard it through the radio, whatever it is, through a podcast, you hear the word of God, 
you accept it and then you apply it to whatever it is that you're going. He's saying this is what good soil does, right? So one example of good soil would be that you've been tuning in since chapter 27, which soil is it? And not only have you been staying connected with me, but you've been trying to apply what you've been hearing in these recent chapters to your own life and your own walk with Christ. Jesus says that the good soil hears the word and accepts it. This is why in my poll on Spotify, I ask, do you receive this message? The reason why I ask, do you receive today's message? And did you receive this message is because are you receiving? Are you taking it? Are you making a declaration? Are you, you know, confirming that? Yes. Like as simple as at the end of every show, you just clicking. Yes, I receive on the comment section below, at least on YouTube. And if you receive this message today, type, I receive it or type, you know, amen or hallelujah or whatever it is that you want to acknowledge and confirm that you are receiving what is being spoken and what is being spoken into you. So I have a question to ask, are you receiving into your spirit what is being said in these chapters? And not only that, but are you producing a crop? You know, when Jesus said, that the good soil hears the word, accepts the word, and then produces a crop. Um, are, are you producing that crop? Well, if you don't know what producing a crop is, Jesus says later on in the book of Matthew, he gives a story where there's a master that goes, it's in, if you want to read the story, it's uh, Matthew chapter 25. And it may or may not be entitled in your, depending on what kind of Bible you have. But it'll be the parable of the talents. Sometimes it's the parable of the gold bags. Uh, it just depends on what. But it's chapter 25. So Jesus goes on to say, a master takes a, goes to take a journey. But before he goes, he called his servants together and entrusted them with his possessions. To one of the servants, he gave five talents. To, the, uh, to another he gave two talents, and to another he gave one, each according to his own ability. Then the master went on his journey. We're going to pause right there. So although Jesus is giving this story to me whenever I'm reading this, I'm seeing that he's talking about a master who calls his servants. Literally what this is, I feel like this is in my heart, is that Jesus is calling his disciples over. He's even calling us now. He's speaking to us now. This isn't just to them. This isn't just a story. This is, he's explaining to us instructions on what to do. So he's calling us over. And before he goes, it says, so before he goes to take a journey, before he leaves us, which he, he, in a, in a way he did, he left us. He's, he's in heaven. He's sitting at the throne and he's going to come back. But it says that he left and before he left, he left with him his possessions. So to one of the servants, he gave five talents to another. He gave two and to another, he gave just one each according to his own ability. And then the master went on his journey. So he's left us this gold for, for, so those that don't know what a talent is, talent is a, is a form of money back then. And so he's left this, this money, but Yes, it's money, but also it's the word of God. 
that he's left with us. Some of us have five talents. Some of us have a lot of it. Some of us have two. Some of us have just a little bit of grasp. But some of us understand and we have a grasp of we just have one talent. We have a, a good understanding. We accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We understand who he is. We've either experienced it. He's moved us in a way that we've never felt before. This energy, this peace that you felt or, or have felt. And, but you know. So we all have this possession. We all have his possession of, of the word, of grace, of salvation. So it goes on to say that in chapter 25, it goes on to say that the one who had received five talents went at once and traded with them. And he made a profit. He gained five more. So the guy with five talents goes and he trades and he gains five more on top of his five that was given to him by his master. Likewise, the one who had made two gained two more. And then the one, but the one who had received the one talent went and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, already that sounds kind of like, what? Well, these other two pretty much sound like they got the job, uh, understand what to do. But this one takes his talent. He takes his one talent. All he has is one and he goes and buries it. He hides it. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. Man, right there, and this is on 19, chapter 25 of Matthew and verse 19. So now after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled them, those accounts with them. Our master is coming back. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is coming back and he will be settling accounts. And that's not to scare you. It should be to encourage you. But we have a job while we're down here to be this good soil and to produce this crop. We have instructions on what to do. It goes on to read in uh, verse 20. It says, And the one who had received five talents came and brought him five more, saying, Master, you entrusted me five talents. See, I have gained five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful and trustworthy over a little, and I will put you in charge of many things. Share in the joy of your master. Basically, come into the house with me. Come in. Come share the joy of your master. Come with me. So also the one who had two talents came forward saying, Master, you entrusted two talents to me. See, I have gained two more talents. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful and trustworthy over little. I want to pause right there because what we seem like, what, what we may seem like is a lot to us. If this is money, what we may seem like is a bunch of an abundance. It is very little. I mean, it's coming from, it's in quote, the master says that, you have been faithful and trustworthy over little. God will give you a lot of people want a lot of things in this world and God knows your heart, but he's not going to give you a lot <coughs> until you can, he can see that he can trust you with a little that with what he gives you, anything that we have, our house, our car, our relationships, our money, anything that we have is not ours. 
it's all given to us. It's all a gift. Our children, it's all a gift to us. It, 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 and, and we will receive more once we show in our obeying God and, and show him our, he sees our obedience. He will give us more because we have been faithful and trustworthy over the little that he has given us. It goes on to say on verse 23 that I will put you in charge of many things and share come and share in the joy of your master. Now, the interesting part, the person who got one, remember, he gets one talent, he goes and he buries it. So on 24, the one who had received one talent also came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a harsh and demanding man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. See you have what is your own. So the thing is that that servant, not only does he come forward, but he says that, he says, I knew you to be a harsh and demanding man reaping where you did not sow. He's like, I knew you, like, I knew you were reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seeds. He already knows what this master wanted. It's not like he didn't know. He knew. He knew what he was supposed to be doing. So I was afraid to lose the talent and I went and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is your own. But the master, but his master answered him and said, you wicked, lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I did not scatter the seed. Then you ought to have put my money with the bankers and at my return, I would have received my money back with interest. So take the talent away from him and give it to the ones who has 10 talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have an abundance. But from those who does not have, even what he does have will be taken away. And he said to throw out the worthless servant into the, uh, out into the darkness. And in that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So this is really interesting because we know about the word of God. And the way I'm perceiving this is that we know about the word of God. And we need to... We're, we're told to go and preach to every creature, go into sow, go into sow to everyone. This is what all this is about, sowing seed. What, where is this seed lying at in your heart? And are we planting your, if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it's, it's us to be the light to show example because we have, we're following our example and to have save others to save other people from the trouble that they're living, like that they're living in that you were once living in, because you know, like for, at least for me, man, I was living in a world I didn't want to be in, uh, with drugs, with sleeping around with, I wasn't an alcoholic, but I would drink because you give up one addiction, you pick up another. And if you don't pick up a healthy one, then, you know, you pick up another bad one. And also sometimes healthy addictions, uh, healthy things can become an addiction if it becomes over or becomes Lord of your life, if it overrides everything that you do. 
So, you know, you just got to have your relationship with the Lord and ask him, you know, reveal to me what needs to be in my life, reveal what needs to be adjusted. How can I fix my eyes more on you, Lord, and know that when I'm doing something that you're working in what I'm going through and what I'm doing? So my question to you with that story in mind is, are you producing a crop? What are you doing with your talent? What are you doing with the word of God? Are you burying it and keeping it to yourself? Or are you going out and spreading the message of love and repentance to everyone you know? Are you bringing back interest to God? Are you turning from your old ways and renewing yourself in Christ? Or are you holding on to your selfishness and saying, you know, I do believe in Christ, but it's my life and it's not that bad to listen to certain music. It's not that bad to cuss. It, it, it's all right. Like, it doesn't mean a bad thing because I'm still a good person. I'm not going to argue with your logic. I'm going to ask you a question. And that question is, you believe in Jesus Christ. You've accepted him as your Lord and Savior. And yet you're saying these things. Sounds like you're not being obedient to my ears. And it's a hard thing to do because it's something that you want. But it's something that you want. It's not something that needs to be in your life because it has no reign over your life. I promise you that I know it sounds so corny, man, but Jesus would not be sitting there listening to certain music that we that, that I used to listen to. I used to listen to Kendrick, to Drake, to J. Cole, to uh, I remember giving this 50 year old man uh, a hard time one time when I was working back at the electric company. I got in and played uh, some Kendrick Lamar from one of his recent albums. This was like years ago. And I remember saying that there's nothing wrong with it. It's all right. And and those that listen to country, man, just like Pimp C used to say, all that is is it, it's just country rap tunes. That's all rap is. Country rap tunes. Country is the same thing. It's just got a slower melody, uh, a different beat. Country and rap are synonymous. And I've heard people say, like, you know, what's wrong with R&B music? Well, the reason why R&B is kind of wrong, too, is just I'm not trying to like say, I know I say all these things. I'm not trying to sit here and be like, well, you shouldn't do this and shouldn't do that. I'm trying to save you from the trap that you're falling into. There is a trap that you're falling into and you're blocking your blessings and you have to open your eyes to realize you have to take a breath and stop thinking about yourself and start thinking about Christ and really, really say, Christ, if this song and this music and this type of thing and smoking weed and alcohol, if this is for me, then give me an abundance of it because I want more of it because it fits in my life. And if it's not, Lord, please take it from me and give me what I need. No matter how hard it is, no matter how lonely it is, I want what you want for me, God. And that'll get things rolling. So if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there are clear instructions on what we are to do as followers of Christ. We are first told that thou shalt love thy Lord, thy God, with all thy heart and with all thy soul and all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And second is like unto it 
thou shalt love thy neighbor as thy love thyself. So that's Matthew 22. And your love for God and Jesus should be above everything and everyone. Your love for God and Jesus should be above everything and everyone. In Luke chapter 14, Jesus says, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be made my disciple. He cannot be my disciple. So if you're putting music, if you're putting all these things, and this is why I'm talking to you, I'm trying to like say like I'm coming to you from a place of love of trying to get you out of this trap that, you know, I was in and I'm still trying to watch out, you know, and, 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 and keep just keep my spiritual eyes open of not falling into that trap. And it's easier said than done, but you cannot be his disciple. He says that this is Luke chapter 14. This is red letters. This is Jesus saying this. So this is our Lord and Savior. This is your Lord and Savior saying this. And you want to ask like, well, how do I be obedient? Man, he's telling you right here. This is how you become my disciple. This is how you follow me. So I know at first you must think like, wow, Jesus wants me to hate people. I know that's how the first time I read it. And it wasn't until I was watching this video that uh, this guy, Arnold, he further explained it for me. So so that's not what Jesus means. The word hate used in this context is translated in Greek to miso. So stick with me on this is M-I-S-E-O, miso. So for those of you for those of you that don't know, the New Testament was written in Greek and it was later translated into English. So I recommend that you get a Strong's concordance so that if you want to look further, you know, like we'll look, for, look further into things and try to um, translate some of these these words just to be sure that you're getting the actual root word of the translation. Because those of you that like ha are bilingual, you know, sometimes you can't find a word to translate it from English to Spanish or Spanish to English. There's just not a word for it. So and sometimes the translation, you know, someone says something in English and it just sounds so much better in Spanish or the Spanish language just sounds so much better, you know, cause it's just, it just sounds like love and the way the where it comes from. So passionate. So sometimes going back to, and don't get too lost into it, you know, it, doing the translations. Cause you can, you can get lost to it and then you can become self-righteous because you know, the translation for everything. This, the, the, the strong concordance is meant to help you have a further understanding to further get into a deeper relationship with, you know, with Jesus, what he was talking about. So back to Jesus telling us that to hate or the correct term, miso, which means to love someone or something less than you love someone or something else. So he's when he says like to hate. So we read that again with the correct translation in Greek. Jesus says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate, or we say that does not miso, does not love less than the Lord. So if they don't love less than the Lord, his own father, his mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, yes, and e 
and yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. So you're to love less. He's instructing you to love him more than you love anything else, anything else. And the reason being is because Jesus is going to teach you through, through reading the word and reading his teachings. He's going to teach you how to be a good husband, how to be a good son, how to be a good brother, a good friend, a good steward of your money. He's going to teach you how to be a good everything. He, he is the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The, these things right here, this is what our Lord is. He's our shepherd. He guides you. Why do you think when he has that staff? I heard something the other day at my my uh, men's group is that when he has his, he got his staff and it's got a hook at the end of it, right? When a sheep is getting away, that thing is long and it grabs the neck and it redirects you. It pulls you back. And that's what he does, man. Like that's such a perfect depiction of like what Jesus does for us is that when you're going off and you're reading your word, man, you remind yourself of his word and it gets you back on track. It keeps you straight on the narrow path. And that's what he's our corrector. He's our, our light. So to be the good soil, to be a disciple of Jesus, we are to put him and the father and first in everything that we do. If Jesus isn't Lord of all, he isn't Lord at all. I read that in a book recently. So again, if Jesus isn't Lord of all, he isn't Lord at all. So if there's something you're holding on to, if you're not, if you're, if you listen to, and I always go back to music because I feel like music is the most impactful and easy, influential way, not only to take you away from God, but to get you back into communion with him through listening to worship music, through listening to Christian music. So if you're looking to make your attitude and your mind better by listening to rap or country or R&B and things like that, basically he isn't Lord of your worship area. And that's what you're doing. I don't know if you know, but you're worshiping in that area. You are worshiping uh, yourself, whatever it is you're worshiping, just whatever the music's talking about, just listen to it. That's what you're worshiping. And believe it or not, it is. So in order to make him Lord of all or Lord over your music, you listen to music about him. I mean, it's, it's pretty, pretty simple. The only thing is, is the hard part is, is you letting it go. So going back to today's scripture, Mark chapter four, Jesus says that the good soil hears the word, accepts it, and produces a crop, some 30, some 60, and some 100 times what was sown. So you may be asking, said, okay, I hear you. I want to be in good soil and spread the love and free gift of salvation that I've received to others, but I don't know how to, like, how, how do I do that? So first you need to have hope. If you're listening to this show and you have been listening, you have hope. Okay, you're hoping for things. Remember we talked about that in the recent shows. Hope and faith are two different things. So, but first you have to have hope and then you get faith. Faith, we'll talk about it here soon. And then after you have faith, you put faith into action, okay? 
Faith also equals belief. And you have a belief in something. You believe Jesus Christ by faith because it says it in the context. Remember, faith equals the word of God. So by context, in the word, it says that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and he rose on the third day through the resurrection and he rose on the third day and by doing so you know dying on the cross by doing so and rising on the third day he defeated death once and for all which gave us salvation which the you know it says that the veil and the tabernacle or the veil you know tore in half and that there was a new covenant and the whole drinking you know the whole communion of drinking the wine and eating the bread and all this stuff it's in the word of God, that equals faith. And we have a belief in that. You believe that. And faith is the substance. Remember, faith is the substance of your hope. Okay, but once you have hope first, and then you have faith, now it's time to put that faith into action. So I read this the other day and it said, the word tells us to hope in the Lord. The word tells us God has plans to give us hope and a future. This is Jeremiah 29, 11. But nowhere in the Bible does it say that hope brought on a miracle from the Lord. It wasn't by hope that Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. It wasn't with hope that Jesus fed the multitude. All those things were done in faith. So where do we get faith from? So the word says, and I believe it's Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The word of God is the Bible. If you have never read the Bible, then you don't have any faith. You only have hope. And if you are reading the word, then, you know, are you standing on his word for your situation? Are you using your faith being the word of God to talk to your problems and your situations and wants in life? You know, are you putting your faith into action? What you're reading in the word, are you putting that into action? For example, if you're wanting your family to come to the Lord, don't just say, I wish for it to come. And I wish that my parents, I wish that my family would know about Jesus. I wish my friends would know about Jesus. And when you're praying, you know, pray in faith, pray with the word of God in your mind, you know, use your faith, use Joshua 24, 15. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Say that when someone says, you know, Hey, I know you're a Christian, but is any of your family a Christian? Yes, they are. Because for, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord and just keep speaking that into existence. God didn't come into this world and use his hands to make this world he used his mouth he said let there be light and there was he spoke these things so speak it speak and talk how god talks it's literally a training manual god's giving you a training manual on how to live this life so if you're battling with the sickness you know remind god in your prayer and remind him of isaiah 53 5 and it says that by his stripes, we are healed. By his stripes, I'm healed, Lord, and I'm standing on your word of Isaiah 53, 5. And I believe that I'm healed, and I know that in Genesis, when you made man, and you made man, you made him in your image, and it was perfect, and you said it was good. You did not make man sick. You did not make man with infirmities. You did not make man to watch porn. You did not make man to uh, cheat on their wife. 
He did not make man to have lusting eyes. He did not make us for any of these things. Make me and heal me by my by your stripes, Jesus Christ. I am healed by his stripes or by your son's stripes. I am healed. And in Jesus's name. <clears throat> so in Hebrews chapter four says for the word of God is alive and active. And it is, man, this ain't some old book, some stories. This is real. These things, when you apply it to your life, Jesus Christ, when he is in your life, things move. I promise you, they move quick when you're obedient and on his path. So, and it continues to say in chapter four, Hebrews, uh, it is sharper. The word of God is alive and active, and it is sharper than any double-edged sword. I've said it in the past chapters that I will be doing a show on the full armor of God. It'll rock your world, man. We're in a spiritual warfare, and in order to in order to battle in your spiritual world you need to use spiritual weapons and that is the word of god he is our sword the word of god is the sword that pierces through anything any lies or anything that the devil or anyone is trying to come against you with you when you stand on god's word not yours it's not your thoughts it's his thoughts it's not your words it's his words Get your words out, get your thoughts out, and put the word of God and his thoughts in you. So the word of God is our sword for our spiritual warfare. No external substances or outside force will help you overcome or defeat your situation. Nothing will help you overcome your depression, your anxiety, your suicidal thoughts, your identity trouble. Nothing will overcome your addictions whether it be alcohol, smoking weed, popping pills, doing coke. Uh, it could be gambling, lusting for the opposite sex. Whatever it is, nothing, no external substance and no outside force will help you overcome or defeat your situation. The victory is in the name of Jesus Christ and the weapon to use that, the weapon to defeat these things is the word of God, which is your faith. Go put it into action and start speaking how God speaks by speaking his word into your life and into the those around you. Produce that crop of 30, 60, 100. You don't, if you touch one or two people, if you touch 10, 50, 100, thousands, a million, go produce your crop. Go save someone else because it's, it's, our, it's, our, it's, our, it's our Christian lifestyle. It's our lifestyle as a follower. And it's, it's our lifestyle as disciples. This is what we're told to do. So you are well-equipped thinking. You are well-equipped. There is no difference between you. There's no difference between me, your pastor, or any pastor. Don't matter the, the greatest pastor in the world. There's no difference between us. The Pope, there is no difference between any of us. They're not more holy than you. And I'm more righteous than you. I'm no more righteous than you are than you are to me. We are all called to be his disciples and minister to everyone. And this is all the good soil. Okay. I know. Keep in mind, this is all the good soil. My boy Joel talked about it and it was really beautiful on what he said. And, and one thing that he said was, is that as soon as you say, Jesus Christ, you know, come into my heart. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. You know, I repent of my sins. As soon as you say those words and, you know, when you're baptized, you immediately, you immediately receive his power. 
you you can pray for people pray over people now yes there's you have to read and you have to learn and you have to get some training on more or less just getting into not training but getting into a relationship with Jesus Christ and through that he will grow you and he will grow your spirit but you you're capable to do all these things that he does he he empowers you not cuz you can and this is leading into my point not because you can but because he can through him through Christ you could do all these things through Christ all things are possible and it also says that with man nothing is uh, with man everything is impossible but through God all things are possible and you could do all things through Christ through Jesus Christ who strengthens you 100% so that does not mean though this does not mean to go around and condemn. This is where people get it twisted. This doesn't mean to go around and condemn those and tell them what to do or to shame them. I know we're excited and we want to tell everybody about God and you probably stop drinking or you probably stop doing this and you're just wanting to tell them, stop doing it. And I know iron sharpens iron. Christians sharpen Christians. But don't be doing that to no non-believer. Don't be pushing people away. Because you are called to be the light. You know, you're you're if you want to really show someone how to be a Christian, don't tell them, show them. That's exactly how you get someone to want to come either to church or to come to um, to come to the Lord. You lead by example. That's the best way. No one likes to listen to you whenever you tell them what to do. We're called to be the light. Jesus did not come into this world to condemn it, and neither should you. Jesus says, this is how people will know if you're his disciple. Jesus says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciple if you love one another. So when you're talking to someone and you're, you know, asking them, like, ask yourself, are you really loving them? Would, would Jesus pretty much treat them like that? This is why I say love yourself so that you can love someone else. If you don't love yourself, you can't love someone else. Plain and simple. Can't love someone better than you. Love conquers all. Jesus also said that if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. Remember, this is the good soil. If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free remember i was talking about being trapped earlier the truth will make you free it'll take you to another level the eyes of the lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him that's second chronicles 16 9 so jesus is searching He's looking for someone to use. And if you aren't for him, he will leave you and go find someone else. He will empower someone else. He will strengthen someone else whose heart is fully committed to him. This doesn't mean that he isn't with you. It just means that you are no longer living for him. So therefore, he goes to find someone else who is living for him. Jesus doesn't turn away from you. God doesn't turn his back on you. It's you who turned your back on God. It's you who turned your back on Jesus. 
The good soil is always constantly keeping the Lord in mind and asking and wanting to be with the Lord and getting direction on what he should do in his life. Remember that you are the branch. Think about a tree and we're think about a tree. You are the branch and Jesus is the vine. He's the true grapevine. So you have a branch and you have a tree and it's just there, but you have the vine that wraps all around it. Okay. Jesus says in Matthew 15 that I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that does not produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit. So they will produce even more. He's giving you his promise. If you want to know like, yeah, but is it real? Man, he's giving you his promise right here. He's saying that he prunes, he will give more. He will strengthen those that do bear fruit. So they will produce even more. Remember, it's not you doing it. We're not going around telling people to do. You're not doing the Lord's work. You are by being the example. And maybe if someone asks you for it to be an accountability partner, then yeah, you could have those conversations with them. But if they don't, we're here to, to love. So Jesus is the one who bears the fruit through his vine. Branches don't do that. All right. They just hold, they, they hold it. They are there so the, the vine can live on it. So on verse three of Matthew chapter 15, it continues and says that you have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. That's beautiful. So a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. The good soil, yes, remains in Jesus Christ. Man, I love this stuff. I ain't gonna lie to you. I love this so much, dude. It's so promising. It's so comforting when I read this. I, for me, I, this is what I'm, I hope you're feeling the same way, man, because it makes me want to cry because it's like, it's, it feels so good because Jesus isn't a liar, man. God's not a liar. Like they tell the truth. Like I am the truth and the truth will set you free. I am the way, the truth and the life, you know, and it's just so beautiful especially when you, you just go through a lifetime of being let down and lied to. It's just, you know, that's why it, it's just so beautiful to lean on him for everything because he's, he's there. So on, on verse five, it says that, and again, and I keep repeating myself, but again, in Matthew 15, verse five, it says that, yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Get that through your head, man. He bears the fruit, not you. He does. Now, he works through you, but it's him. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. That's real. You can't do nothing without God, without Jesus. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. I'm not trying to scare you if you're listening to this since your first time listening or if you haven't truly accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but he's giving you notice right here in this parable that such branches that uh, do not remain in me, in him, they are like a useless branch and withers and you will be gathered into a pile to be burned. That's judgment day. 
that's a promise that's not even a promise it's just a that's that's a truth but if you remain in me that but if you remain in me and my words remain in you you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted when you produce much fruit you are my true disciples this brings great glory to my father and then that's when you hear my good and faithful servant for i am proud of you like i, I mean, come on bro like that's like the greatest thing you should hear you should want that in life i, I want that that's all i want to hear whenever i meet him you have been faithful on nine i have loved you even as my father has loved me remain in my love when you obey my commandments you remain in my love just as i obey my father's commandments and remain in his love i have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy yes your joy will overflow and if you're depressed if you're anxious if you're sad if you're suicidal going through these tough times and i'm sure things are tough I, i i'm sure if you're struggling with addiction he says that I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Man, there is joy in the Lord. You can rejoice. You can rejoice and be glad in his name. So be the branch and allow Jesus Christ to be the vine. The branch does not bear fruit. The vine does. So do not force or wa uh, force or overwater those around you. Plant your seed and allow the Holy Spirit to do its work on that person. Jesus is the vine and he will bear the fruit. So one last thing I would like to share is that the good soul forgives. Most of the time when we hear the word forgive, we immediately think of others. But I want you to focus on forgiving the most important person. And that is yourself. If you can't forgive yourself, then what makes you think you will be able to forgive others? Man, this is one of the hardest things that I, I have ever had to do is forgive myself for some of the things that I've done in my life and to continually always forgive myself and not beat myself up. Man, this is, this is, a, this is a toughie. <laughs> but, I mean, that is so true. If you can't forgive yourself, then what makes you think you're going to be able to forgive others? You got to forgive yourself for some of the things you do. You got to be easy on yourself, man. It's good to have expectations, but to beat yourself up all the time, at least it's coming from me, man, give yourself credit. Like if you truly are a good mom and you truly are trying or you're a good dad, you're good parents and you truly are trying, you're a good kid, good son, you're going to school, you're working, you're, you're actually a truly a good at heart. You really know you're trying in your heart. You really, really know you're giving it your all, man. Be light on yourself. Still try, but be light. So on the topic of forgiveness, Peter asked Jesus this. So Peter came to, so if you don't know, Peter is one of Jesus's disciples. Uh, Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother? And uh, how many times shall I forgive my brother whenever he sins against me? Upon, uh, up to seven times Jesus answered and said I tell you not seven times but 70 times seven times so I think if you do the math on that it's uh, 490 
So if you haven't been counting, go ahead and get your notebook out and start counting and add up all the stuff that anyone's ever wronged you for. <laughs> I'm kidding. Jesus says, <laughs> Jesus says this, not so that we take him literal, okay? But so that we can understand this continuous, continuous state of forgiveness. You're always forgiving yourself. You're always forgiving others. You're always, because when you don't forgive someone and you don't forgive yourself, you personally put yourself and you put them in a prison. You really more or less, it honestly, it hurts you more not forgiving someone than it does the other person. Because I'll tell you right now, that person probably doesn't, always think about you like you think they do they're probably not they don't care about you like you you're not that important to them and i'm not trying to be rude or nothing but just forgive them let them go don't do it for them you do it for you you don't need to bear that and the father also says in scripture and i didn't have this down is that whatever to whatever measure you judge one you will also be judged to that same measure and to whatever you don't forgive someone the father will also not forgive you. So whatever it is that you're going through right now, that you're not forgiving someone and you're holding on to your pride and saying, oh, but they did. And I have my reasons and my friend and friends say that I'm correct. I'll tell you right now, your friends can say you're correct. You can make up all the reasons the why in the world that you're correct. And you may be. Something terrible may have happened to you. I get that. But if you don't want to forgive them, the father won't forgive you. And if I'm, that's what he says. Jesus forgives you. So treat people with the same grace as he does. Pray for those that hurt you and pray for them to be blessed. One thing my wife and I, uh, one time we were talking about, you know, one of her, we were talking about her ex and we, we prayed for, him and 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 we 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 should want good things for everyone for all the everyone around us we shouldn't want hate or want them to do bad we should want them to flourish to find god to 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 grow to feel the love of jesus christ in their life we shouldn't want you know harm for anyone so all of these things may seem impossible and yes they are you know, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Before I close, I would like to offer you an invitation to have a personal relationship with God. So if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ or made him Lord and Savior, I'd like to offer you a personal invitation to have a personal relationship with him. So let me put my faith into action and say what God says. John, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. It's a very famous scripture. God loves you and wants you to have everlasting life. And that only comes through accepting the free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. Jesus says, I am the way the truth, and the life. And no man comes unto the Father but by me. Jesus is the only way to heaven and the only way to be set free. It's not by your good works. Just because you think that you're a good person, you will not get into heaven. It's not by good works. 
Jesus says that he is the way. He's the doorway. He's how you get there. You got to humble yourself. And that's what repentance is. That's what metanoia is. Repentance. Um, metanoia is repentance in Greek. That's what it is. It's a change of mind, heart, and spirit. And you will change. You will fully be renewed. If you're ready for a new life and a brighter one, a more fulfilled one, say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins and come into my heart and I make you my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you said that prayer by his truth, you are saved and that the angels in heaven are rejoicing that you've come home. I encourage you to get into your Bible. If you don't have one, you can download one on the App Store or uh, on the App Store on your phone. Just type in Holy Bible. It's a brown one with cold lettering. I always recommend starting with the book of John and then reading Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Those are referred to as the Gospels. So I'm proud of you. I love you. And most importantly, God loves you and Jesus loves you. So we're going to go ahead and seal this with prayer. <clears throat> so again, we thank you, Father God, for this for this divine moment. Uh, we thank you for leading us. We thank you for being with us. Father, we look forward to the future of what you have planned for us. And Father, as we go into our future, please work with us on forgiving those that we need to work on forgiving. Remind us and be with us and for allow us to forgive ourselves, Lord, that anything that we did when we accepted you as our Lord and Savior, everything that we did in our life was deleted. It was let go. We're tired of holding on to these things. We're tired of like carrying it around like a chain on us. And we release that to you. We drop that. We let that go at your feet. And it is for you. And um, it's for you. To, it's for you. It's not for us to bear. And Father, we as we lay that down, we just ask that you fill us with uh, anointing. We feel we ask that you fill us with guidance, with love, with freedom with determination and motivation and all these things god that you you give and you provide so we thank you for all that you do thank you for this show i believe that we will all remain in good soil we will continue to work through our thorns we will continue to have our spiritual eyes and ears open as you open up new doors for us in our lives god we just appreciate you for this good soil we appreciate you for being our light our example and the truth in our lives we love you so much dear heavenly father and and in jesus's name and you know jesus christ thank you so much for dying on the cross for our sins and god thank you for your grace in jesus name we pray amen all right so stay connected for the next chapter and until next time i just want to speak a hedge of protection over you guidance favor and peace over you and your family in jesus name god bless you